And we're back. Mike Cernovich. Cernovich.com. If you're listening to this anywhere but rockfin.com forward slash Cernovich, then head over there. Be sure you're subscribing. You get the full library of back podcasts. You get a master class. You get a bunch of bonus stuff. R-O-K-F-I-N.com forward slash Cernovich. By the way, this podcast is sponsor free. I don't accept sponsorships. That's why it's better to just join Rockfin, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the Whoop. I'm not sponsored by them. They probably have an affiliate code. I didn't really feel like giving a code, although I think you get a free month. But I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not here to promote the Whoop. But I have been using one for about, I think, three months now. Really interesting. Learned a lot. I've been doing some other things that people have found of interest. So how has my fitness, health, goals methodologies changed over the years. Well, I'm blessed because I have lived in every body imaginable. I have been obese. I've been jacked. I've been super lean. I've been fit like a model. I ran. I've boxed. I've done BJJ. So I I know the gambit of life and what life feels like at various weights, what life feels like at various aesthetics. And what I've settled in on as I've gotten older, because these things change, is I began learning a lot about zone two training, which I'll explain that what that is in a second. Around January, I started doing zone two, two training. And the primary reason is that I'm 43 and cardiac health is for me by far the most important issue. I'm not that particularly interested in how I look to other people. I'm not trying to throw my clothes off anywhere. I'm not trying to be jacked for the internet, for the fit gram. Obviously, I don't want to look like a complete blob, clearly, right? But life is always about turning buttons. When I was younger, in my 30s, I would, you know, I would do Tremblone, wouldn't think twice, and wouldn't obviously want to be unhealthy, but it was all about the look. And now as I'm older, it's all about longevity. How can I get the best years of my life when I'm 65, 70? How can I live a good life when I'm 80? There, There's an expression in cardiology and also in neurosurgery. Dr. Brett Osborne, who wrote probably the best standalone fitness book of all time called Get Serious, which I plugged in Gorilla Mindset. It's a fantastic book. You know, he, he talks about how you're only as old as your arteries. And at the time, I didn't, you're only as old as your arteries. What, that, what does that mean? Well, arterial blood flow, endothelial function. Blood flow impacts everything from cognitive function because your brain does obviously rely on blood to erectile function. Most erectile dysfunction is due to men having clogged arteries, poor endothelial function. It's a precursor to heart attacks, strokes, other conditions. And then, of course, your health and fitness is based on your arterial function. Can your body circulate blood and oxygen to working muscles, and how efficient is it at that? So for me, I'd always done cardio, and I was a total HIIT fanboy, H-I-I-T, high-intensity interval training. And I was a fanboy to the extent that I, I would argue with people on the internet, fitness message boards. The debate still rages. Ironically, in fitness, even though the science has advanced dramatically, fitness, it hasn't. 
The Fit Bros are still arguing about the same things that they argued about 20 years ago. Is that guy natty or not? Is hit better than steady state cardio? Better for what? Right? But the arguments rage. Well, hit's more efficient. Hit this. Steady state that. People still argue the same stuff. It's kind of funny. But anyway, I was a hit fanboy. But then as I started to really do the research and read the actual studies, which at the time when I was arguing with people, I was mainly arguing based on what other people describe the studies as, I settled in on a zone to approach. Also, though, it's 80-20, and I'll tell you what I mean. So I'll just give you what I do, why I do it, and then the science behind it. So I do now five days a week, sometimes six, of zone two training. Zone two is a heart rate zone. You so see, you have to have a heart rate monitor. Well, preferably you have a heart rate monitor based on the Maffetone formula. So you might have heard that your maximum heart rate is 220 minus your age. That isn't necessarily hold true. It has a held true for everyone. The Maffetone zone two heart rate is that you take 180 minus your age and then you can add plus or minus 10, or rather you can go plus or minus 10 beats per minute, depending upon a number of factors. You can Google Maffetone, M-A-F-F-E-T-O-N-E formula. By the way, I one of the audiobook reviews, which is a really dumb one, is a person said, I, I gave me, he gave me a bad review. He said, I gave the book a bad review because Cernovich tells me to Google things. Yeah, he doesn't want to Google things. So right now, of course, I'm kind of chuckling because... Yeah, you got to go do the research. You got to go do the reading. You have to do your homework on your own. And this guy apparently in an audiobook thought that he wouldn't have to actually read anything else or do any homework. Like what a lazy person. And then he goes, "Big fan of Mike. Don't be a fan of me. If you're listening to this, I don't want your business. I don't want you to ever read anything that I ever do again or listen to anything that I'm ever doing again." So anyway, go get the Maffetone formula. 180 Minus your age, that gives you a number, and you don't want to go above that number. So for me, my Maffetone number is 137. Now, I could add five due to fitness levels, due to the training, but I didn't want to play. I didn't want to overthink it, right? A lot of people want to overthink it to get the formula that they think applies to them, and I didn't. So with, with Zone 2 training, you stay within 90% of your max Zone 2 heart rate. So for me, for example, I would take 180, and, and again, your age is going to depend on whatever it is. So I took 180 minus 43 my age. That gives me 137. Multiply that by 90%, and you have 123. So when I do my cardio, I do my, and I use a whoop to track it, I do my best to stay within 123 to 137. Now, what did I notice when I started doing this training? Well, one, it was like really boring. I mean, boring because you feel like you're not doing anything, especially if you've hit the gym over the years. Like when I train, man, even when I get fat, like I train, I hit it hard. I'm sweating. I'm out of breath. I'm doing the work. I'm on the airdyne. I'm pumping, man. I'm getting my heart rate up to 180. So you sit there and you're just pedaling and nothing is happening. You're like, what am I doing? This is the dumbest thing in the world. So I started doing zone two training. And I noticed on, uh, I would do the Schwinn airdyne bike. Not the airdyne, I'm sorry. I do the Schwinn bike at the gym. I ultimately bought a Peloton. And the first half hour, I'm like bored out of my mind. 
But then I started to notice that at the same wattage, I would have a higher heart rate. So what does that mean? A lot of you probably have no idea what I just meant. Okay, so zone two training, the primary goal is to increase your aerobic fitness and your aerobic fitness and zone two training is how much work you can do at a given heart rate. If you're a runner, how, what's your pace? If you're doing eight minutes and 30 seconds or nine minutes and 10 seconds in zone two, in three months, can you do zone two, same amount of work or more work, eight, eight minute, 30 miles, right? If you're on a bike and your wattage is 100 watts, don't. there's a whole rabble hole you can go down to watts per kilogram, power meters, is the machine calibrated? If you're listening to me talk about this, you're probably not trying to overthink it. And I can give you to a lot of resources where you can overthink this to death. And I'll tell you the podcast and everything to listen to and the books to read because it's quite interesting. You can go down a rabbit hole, which I like to do. So for me, the Schwinn bike, let's just say 100 watts, that I'm pet when I pedal on the bike and I look, I'm doing 100 watts, and I'm that's not my number. I'm not going to go into my exact numbers because it's not really relevant due to calibration issues. But let's just say I'm doing 100 watts and I'm at 123 beats per minute to 137 beats per minute, my zone two rate. Well, you do that for half an hour, and what you'll notice, and this is called cardiac drift, is you're still doing 100 watts, but as you go into 35 minutes, 40 minutes, your heart rate cr- increases now to 150. So you're doing the same amount of work, but your heart now has to work harder to do the same amount of work. The idea behind zone two training is that to do the maximum amount of work, your heart should work less hard because you have a stronger heart. Because heart work is measured by beats per minute. It's measured by how much blood your heart can pump per beat, right? When it's pumping blood, is that a lot of blood? Is it a little blood? Because if you're if you have a weaker heart, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. If you're overweight, over obese, or you're not trained aerobically, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. You have a faster heart rate. If you're an elite athlete, you might have a heart, boom, boom. All the blood is pumping throughout your body, and you might have 40 beats per minute. There are people with 45 beats per minute. The best mine ever was when I was a very young man, and I was a cardio queen, and I could run. I could run. I was at 52 to 54 beats per minute. So there's a genetic component to it, to your heart rate. So don't compare yourself to other people necessarily. So that's zone two. That's how I've been training. Now, why have I been training that way? Because it's been shown scientifically over and over again that as your aerobic health increases, then your heart health increases and also your mitochondrial function increases. I'm going to refer you to a bunch of podcasts because I'm not going to just repeat what they've said, but you can go listen to Peter Attila's podcast on mitochondrial function, zone two. The best way to do that is go to duckduckgo.com, type in Peter Attila, P-E-T-E-R-A-T-T-I-A or A-T-T-I-L-A, the drive podcast, zone two, mitochondria. There's about five hours of education that you can do while you're doing zone two because one thing I like about zone two is that I'm like an audiobook queen now. I my book reading has gotten way better. I used to read one, two, three, four books a week. Believe it or not, there were weeks I would do four books. And then that changed a little bit as I wrote more, as I engaged with the internet more, as I became more prominent, people wanted to hear my thoughts on everything. Well with zone two I dial it way back. 
Because for me, a zone two workout might be a two and a half hour walk. And I like a speed walk. Not even because I'm not going to run on my joints other than hill sprints. So for me, a zone two walk might be two and a half hours. Well, that's two and a half hours of very edifying podcasts. That's two and a half hours of audiobooks. That's if I'm on the Peloton, I go 90 minutes usually now. I've worked my way up to podcasts, audiobooks. It's been great. So the zone two is as boring as it might seem at first has some benefits. So what did I notice? All right, well, I noticed when I first started doing it, I would do 30 minutes and then I would get that cardiac drift. So then my choice is either get off the bike or you have to do lower wattage if you're on the airdyne or you have to do a slower pace if you're walking or running because it's not about the work you can do. It's not about how hard can the cardio be. It's about how much work as measured by a pace with a walk or a run or as measured by wattage if you're on a bike, how much work can you do without leaving zone two. So I noticed, okay, I had to take the pace back. Did that for a couple months. Then I added what they call 80-20 training. So 80-20 training and the philosophy behind this is that um, most of your workouts should be in zone two. That's the heart rate range we just talked about. But then two to three workouts a week should be at max. A true anaerobic workout. So then that's for me my that's for me hill sprints so that sprints on the peloton and I change those a little bit differently so on the peloton I might do 10 to 20 seconds all out with a minute rest and then the hill I run takes me between 45 seconds and 60 seconds depending on what mood I'm in how my body feels how I've recovered so here's what I've noticed after doing zone 2 for what is it May 4 months there's this hill that I, I know well. I've spent a lot of time on this hill. I know when I get tired on the hill. I know how far up I am before it becomes a challenge. I know the way the hill tilts, the way the surface is uneven because it was not paved with concrete but mud paved. I know everything about the hill. And I know that when I run that hill, it takes me again 45 to 60 seconds, depending on what set I'm on, how I feel, what I ate for breakfast, you name it. And when I get up in that top of the hill, I would hit max heart rate within three sets, which would be for me about 178 to 183. And I would be smoked. What I notice now is when I'm into the fifth set on that hill, my heart rate is at 165 maxed out and but by the way I'm still smoked because your fitness level is what your muscular stealth muscular skeletal system it's your legs right how strong your legs it's your lungs right your breathing and then it's your heart that's fundamentally the components you have to health can your legs take you up the hill so which gets tired first your heart your legs or your lungs so for me when I would get up to the top, I would get, and I've Googled this before, other people get it too, duck, duck, goat it, my, my uh, what would you call them, gums, my teeth would ache when I would do a really big heart cardio workout, or I would feel in my temples, boom, 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 the real heart pacing. When I do that hill now, I do the same amount of work, so I run the hill faster actually than usual, and when I'm at the top of the hill, I am bent over. I'm bent over out of breath. My legs feel like they're on fire 
and I look at my heart rate, I'm at the 165 range. Sometimes when I'm early into that workout, my heart only peaks at like 158. So I really have to push it to get my heart rate to the higher level. So in other words, even when you're doing so-called anaerobic training or interval training or high intensity interval training, you're able to do more work at what? With your heart working less. So I'm able to do that same hill, which would take my heart to 178 to 183. And now that hill is taking me to like 156 to 165. And then it's to the point now where I'm thinking, I really want to see how high I can get my heart rate to go. I'm going to be totally gassed out where my legs are just done. It's over with 171. So that zone two in training is that I could do more work at peak levels with my heart having to work less hard. I've noticed my resting heart rate has gone, because I'm using the whoop, my resting heart rate has gone from, say, 64 to 58-ish, 59-ish. Resting heart rate, you can look at as a measure of fitness and longevity. A good resting heart rate is, well, a normal resting heart rate is 60 to 100. So if your resting heart rate is in the lower 60s, you're like technically, quote unquote, like healthy. But for us, that ain't good enough, right? For us, that ain't good enough. For us, our heart rate needs to be in the 50s. Let's be honest, bros, right? Let's be honest. Me, there's no excuse for me to have a resting heart rate at 64. Now, granted, again, I was doing cardio. I was doing hill sprints. I was doing hit. I was doing what I thought was best for my heart, but I was miseducated. I was misinformed. People misreport the hit studies. There's the the hit studies. If you actually read them, are grueling. They are gruesome. A hill, uh, a hit workout isn't a Tabata workout that you look on YouTube. A Tabata workout that you look at in the research is a smoker. You're not going to be doing a real Tabata workout three times a week. I promise that. I've seen all the CrossFit stuff, all the videos. I've done Tabata. When I did Tabata, I thought that I was doing a real Tabata workout. No, 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 honey. Go read the actual studies. If you do a, a real Tabata workout, you're throwing up every time. Because a real Tabata workout, you hit your lactate threshold, which means your body produces more lactate, lactic acid, more lactate, as they call it then it can clear. So you are throwing up every time if you're actually doing a real Tabata. If you're actually doing a real high intensity interval training, you are throwing up, you're hitting your, because you, it's lactate training, you are hitting your lactate threshold every time. I didn't, nobody told me that. So if you're doing hit and you think you're doing hit right and you're like, well, I do hit three times a week. I don't need to do zone two cardio. That sounds like it's for weaklings. Okay, are you throwing up three times a week, dry uh, dry heaving three times a week? Well, if you're not, guess what? Go read the studies yourself. You're not actually doing a hit workout. So for me, I thought I was doing a hit workout because I was out of breath. It was a struggle. It was hard, completely different. So now when I do a hit workout, which I only do once a week, because I wouldn't call a hill sprints a hit workout. If you look at the protocols again in, in the studies, I wouldn't call it a pure hit workout. On the Peloton, when I do a hit workout, by my last set or two, I'm I'm gagging, man. I, I'm hitting my lactate threshold. So that's 80-20. 80-20 is you do 80% of your workouts in zone two, 80% of your work in zone two, 20, yeah, 80% of your workout in zone two, 20% of your workout in a higher intensity. So zone five or six, it would be depending on how you track it. So for me, on a, on a heart rate monitor, what's that look like? 
Zone two, I'm really trying to keep at 125 to 137. Now, as you do this, you'll notice it's not an exact science your pulse is going to drop. Oh, by the way, another thing I want to mention is even when I was in the best shape of my life, when I would do a sprint, my heart rate would not return to baseline in a rapid rate. So here's what I mean. If you want to measure real aerobic fitness or if you train to be a fighter, MMA, boxing, imagine you take your heart rate to maximum. You're at 180 at the end of the five-minute round if it's MMA or BJJ or something, three minutes if you're at boxing. And you take your body to peak performance, peak exhaustion. You have one-minute rest. Well, what do you want your heart rate to be before you get back in? Well, ideally, you want it to be 50. It's not going to be 50, but it could be 120. Me, I would take my heart rate to 180. A minute later, it's like 160. It's like 155. And that was when, again, I was super lean. I'm training hard. I think I'm doing hit right. Well, that's because I didn't have a high level of aerobic fitness, which you develop from zone two. Now, when I, and I post my heart rate data now and then on my Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Cernovich. When I do a sprint now, you can see peak, drop, peak, drop. Now, am I going from 180 to 122? No. Am I an elite athlete? No. When I train like an elite athlete, would I have gone 180 to 120 in a minute had I known about zone two? Yes. Am I so pissed off that I didn't know about zone two training when I was doing BJJ hard and MMA? Yes, 100%. If I'd have known this when I was training BJJ and MMA, I would have had fewer overuse injuries because a HIT workout, again, and I trained HIT hard, even though it wasn't technically the scientific protocol, a HIT workout taxes your body. So you're doing HIT two, three times a week. Then you're doing rolling four or five times a week. You're doing gloves or mitts, right? Three, four times a week. On top of HIT, that's the dumbest thing in the world because hitting the mat is your HIT workout. Hit the mat is your interval workout. All of my workouts would have been zone two. So had I known about this, and I know this for a fact, I would have done five hours, five to nine hours a week of zone two training in the mornings, and I would have done zero hit. Had I trained that way, I would have had a lot fewer overuse injuries. I'd have a lot lower cortisol. My training would have been structured completely different. And now I'm thinking at 43 I'm on the path to having probably the lowest resting heart rate I'll ever have by the end of the year. By the way, another thing about being older and how I approach my training is a little bit different. So here's what I decided in January. I just decided, you know what, man, you're going to rebuild your body from the mitochondrial up. Mitochondria up. If you're listening in, that probably sounds absurd. You know, listen to my podcast that I just did on ayahuasca. I don't really care how it sounds. But I said, I'm going to rebuild myself from the car, from the mitochondria up, from the cellular level up. What that meant, it meant I did the boring zone two workout that was driving me crazy because I'm a little ADHD. I'm a little bit, I'm hyped. Come on, I can't just sit here and pedal. This is like so boring. But as I'm doing that, I tricked myself into believing that I'm training not just zone two cardio. I'm training patience. I'm training willpower right? Think about that. If you're a mindset guy like me, you have to fool yourself into doing things you might not otherwise want to do or that you might believe aren't valuable. That's what I'm training. I think I got that trick from a Twitter account called Michael Maher or something. It was one of those sort of Naval peripheral. It wasn't Naval's account, but it was like peripheral to Naval and amused chimp. I don't even know if that guy tweets anymore, but he said, when you're running, you're not training 
your heart, your training, your willpower, something like that. Same energy. So I'm paddling and I'm bored out of my mind, but I'm telling myself, well, I'm actually training patience. I'm training conscientiousness. I'm training willpower. I'm listening to edifying podcasts. I'm doing work in my mind with more blood flow because as blood's pumping to your brain, you work better, you work more efficiently, all these other things. So now I, so I worked my way up from about 30 minutes in zone two to where I hit that cardiac drift. And again, you have to read the show notes. I posted these articles before my Telegram group on my Twitter, and I'll post them again in the show notes here, rockfin.com forward slash Cernovich, R-O-K-F-I-N.com forward slash Cernovich. So I would hit the cardiac drift, reduce it, reduce my workflow again if you're on the bike, if you're less wattage, if you're running, your pace would change, you'd walk. Now, 90 minutes, zone two, no problem. The My ass hurts. I just have to get up because my ass hurts too much on the Peloton. So now the issue isn't my heart. The issue is I need padded bicyclists she, or shorts or something like that because I'm just zone two. And by the way, while I'm in zone two, rather than my heart drifting up to a higher heart rate, drifts to a lower heart rate to where I'm like at 135. And then I'll look, it's like 110. I'm like, come on, man. My heart's doing too much, uh, it's working too too much efficiently, too much work, or rather too much um, efficient work. And now I notice my pulse is dropping from, I regularly hit 58 on my Whoop. Whoop has a, a way of measuring heart rate and it doesn't really matter what monitor you use. All this stuff is like baseline, right? If you want to know if you lose weight, don't worry about if you have a scale. Get a $10 scale. Is it calibrated? Yes. Are you showing a relative change in body weight? up or down depending on your goals on that scale. Yes. So for me, I use the Whoop. I love the Whoop. A few other things I've noticed from the Whoop is that this is a bummer. This is a real bummer. This is a real bummer. I'm one of the few people who can say I've gotten more or taken more from alcohol than it's taken from me. Never got a DUI. Never did anything irresponsible when I was drunk. Never changed my personality. Alcohol was for me or is for me something that I can sit down, have a glass or two of wine. I can drink a bottle of wine and pace myself over four hours and I'm not stumbling around. I'm not getting into trouble. I'm not trying to do something irresponsible. I can, I'm one of the people who I can really take more from it than it can take from me. Most people, that's not it. Most people, they start drinking and they're going to get drunk. They're going to make bad choices. They're going to do bad things. Well, I noticed with the data... I noticed it. You can't deny it. You get a recovery score on your whoop, which is based on heart rate availability, your sleep, quality of sleep, your resting heart rate. I just look at the whoop and I know I know that if I have two glasses of wine, two glasses of good whiskey at night, my resting heart rate is going to be 80 or 90. My recovery is going to be tanked. So I The last time I had alcohol, even socially, was my last cigar night, which was almost a month ago, because all I had, two glasses of whiskey, the data was off, man. And right now, my priority is all about the data. It's all about cardiac health. Now, does that mean I'm, we have a Napa cigar night coming up this weekend? Does that mean I'm not going to have any wine, do wine tasting? No. It's all about living better through data. It's all about making a good choice. So for me, I look at my whoop. And there are days that I just feel off, but according to the whoop, my dad is good. So I might take an off day that day, 
But no, because the whoop says I'm okay, I'll do my cardio. There are other times where I wake up feeling bad. Before I had the whoop, I would wake up and feel a little weak and I would say, ah, come on, dude, power through this workout, hit this workout hard. And then I look at the data and the whoop has me in the red. So it isn't me being weak. It isn't me not wanting to power through. The data is just saying, hey, dude, you need to take a day off. So I love having that because everything with me is about, are you weak? Are you pathetic? Are you pushing yourself hard enough? Oh, you wake up and oh, you don't, your knees feel a little bit inflamed. Well, go cry yourself to sleep, right? But if my knees feel a little bit inflamed and I look at my data and my data shows that my heart has to work really hard, hey man, off day, off day. Flip side is there have been a couple of days where I wake up and I'm not motivated. I'm just not in the mood. Whoop says, hey bro, you're in the green today, man. You're in the green, bro. So whatever you're feeling with your little mind isn't consistent with the data, go hit it. So if I'm in a green day, I'm going to hit it. If I'm in a red day and I feel off, that's it. Off day for me. So drinking, same thing. Re- really conscientious about drinking now with recovery. Cigars, thank God. I've tested it. No, no impact on recovery. It actually might help recovery a little bit. So there we go. I can still smoke cigars. and That's nice. But anyway, that's the whoop. That's the data. That's all about learning more about yourself, making better choices through better data. Uh, the, the whoop stuff's become really indispensable with my zone two training. Oh, do I still lift? Yep, still lift. Not trying to break any records. I do a lot more functional training too. A lot of push-ups, a lot of ring training, a lot of inverted rows, a lot of body weight exercise. Because for me, everything is just about cardiac health. That's my priority. It's all about mitochondrial health. It's all about aerobic training. It's all about, again, for, I feel good at 43, by the way. I'm, I went off TRT. I'm 8CG only. And I actually gained three pounds of muscle off TRT. So when I went on TRT, I gained 10 pounds of muscle according to a DEXA scan. I cycle off TRT for fertility purposes because I wasn't taking HCG at the time. So I'm just going to jumpstart fertility off TRT on HCG. So I went off test, HCG only, and I gained three pounds of muscle. So not only did I not lose that muscle from the TRT dose, but I gained three pounds of muscle through higher volume training. So you know what? When I go back on TRT, I am going to look good. That's for sure. So I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, there's no hurry. TRT ages your face a little bit. A lot of people notice that I look a lot younger, more youthful, that I look better. Mainly just because I went off test. Test change. It's called gear face. That's how you can kind of tell, like, who's natty or not is gear face. Show me a picture of this person from two years ago. Oh, they've aged 10 years in, in a year or two. Their face looks 10 years older than it looked a year or two ago. Sure thing right? That's how you know it's gear face. But but so I kind of like having my youthful good looks back. It feels kind of nice. So 43, I feel good. But I'm thinking about how I'm going to feel at 53. I am dropping some fat. I've been dropping fat, dropping more fat. But it's all about mitochondrial health. You can listen to these podcasts at the show notes at rockfin.com forward slash Cernovich. All about the cardiac health. I've noticed a lot of positive changes from zone two. Again, just from just from my own experience. And you can go on YouTube and people are doing sub three hour marathons and these are not elite athletes. People are getting great results. I just know that this is the hill. 
here's what I would do. Here's what my heart rate would do. Even when I was younger and I was in better shape, I know what my heart rate would be on that. And I know what my heart rate is now. And that's only from four months of zone two. My resting heart rate, I know again, is keeps lowering. I'm watching the data as it goes down. Everything is good. So you definitely want to look into zone two. You definitely want to look into health, a health tracking app, whether it's a whoop, people use a Fitbit, other people use an Apple Watch, people use a Polar heart rate. I don't care what you use, man. I'm not sponsored by anybody. But the data that you get is highly beneficial and it will help you make better choices, which is ultimately what I think everybody listening to this wants to do. You want to live a better life, right? Well, how do you live a better life? You make better choices. How do you make better choices? Well, you need better information. Better information, better choices, better life. Thanks for listening. Mike Cernovich, rockfin.com, R-O-K-F-I-N.com forward slash Cernovich.